I just feel it like, I know you guys just sat down, but we, we really just need to just lean upon that cornerstone to just raise our anthem high. There's another powerful line in that. It says, we return your breath you gave with our praise. The very breath that God breathed into us. This is our opportunity to give back to him in praise. He knows every depth of our hearts. He knows the structure of our soul. And when we choose to lean upon him as our cornerstone and sing out with the very breath that he gave us, that, that opens up such an amazing presence of the Lord in our lives. So I'm just going to ask Rebecca and the team just to wash that over us. And if you want to stand back up, you can. If you want to just kneel in your seat, you can. We just Let's just return that, that breath back to him with our praise. Praise you, Lord, we just, we return that breath to you with our praise. Lord, we, we glorify you. We, we, 
magnify you, Lord. We, we lift you up, Lord. We lift you high in our hearts, high in our minds, Lord. You are so magnificent, Father. You are amazing, Lord. Let's just cry out to him, church. Let's lift up our voices so we just praise you, Lord. just a heart of gratitude for all that you've done. All that you've done in our lives in the past and all that you have in store for us in the future, Lord, for you are worthy of it all. Oh, Lord, you are worthy. We praise you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, God. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I pray that as we just continue on into the service, that you would just uh, keep our hearts open to receive whatever it is that you have in store for us today. We cast aside our plans and we say, Lord, speak to our hearts in any way that you want. Lord, we just praise you. We thank you. And if you're in agreement with that, church, say amen. Amen. All right, now you can be seated. <laughs> Oh, thank you, team. You guys are awesome. Yeah, give it up for the Momentum Worship Team. So this week we got to go up and uh, hang out with your kids and give you all a break. So uh, you're welcome. For <laughs> um, we had just a, an amazing time. And we're going to have a video here in a moment. We're going to share some testimonies of what God did in the lives of the young people through this week. And uh, even before this week, as, as Pastor Steve said, um, Candy, Adam, you guys made our job so easy coming in. So, um, you know, I just pray that you're blessed by the stories that you hear because your investment into their lives, this is the fruit of that. So um, I'm going to pass it over to Pastor Amy. She's going to take care of some kingdom business and then uh, we'll continue on. There were some really awesome people that stepped up. So can I have Summer, Sebastian, and our amazing cooks come up? So these guys were with us all week long. You can thank them for taking your teenagers out of the house as well. <laughs> But before I get to them, there was other people that helped. There was drivers. There was parents that willingly took their time and drove up and back. And David's Blondlet, which hauled everything up there for us. And Brian, right there, he drove the boat for the kids and drug them around for days. So we thank you all. Thank you very much. Make sure you say thank you, kids. Love on them. And his beautiful wife, Verna. Meet her. She's awesome. <laughs> Now we have Summer, which willingly slept with all your girls and ke got kept up all night, all night. So we have something, caffeine, to help 
recover. <laughs> and Sivak, which was awesome. He just jumped in and, and ran with those boys. They literally ran with them. Sivak. <laughs> Thank you. And our amazing cooks had to cook so much food. So much food. And they're already willing to do it with us next year. Woohoo! So we have something awesome for you guys. So thank them, love on them, love on them really good so they want to come back still. Yeah. I am too, but I'm feeling good. I just want to say that these kids are an awesome group. I wanted to go up just to, I didn't get to experience a youth camp as a kid. I was, I was not blessed like that. So being able to go up and spend this time with them to see the bond that they've created with each other and the breakthroughs that happened, it was amazing, and it was definitely our privilege to go up with you, and we would love to do it again. So from all of us, we just want to say thank you to you guys and for all the sacrifice you put in and all the messages and preparing and just thank you. Like, we love you, and we appreciate you, and we're so thankful, so just a gift to you guys. We love you. Amen. Go ahead and watch this video real quick. Have you ever felt like you just couldn't be yourself? Like it'd be easier if you were someone else. Is there a voice inside your mind that reminds you all the time the ways you're broken? Has it left you hopeless? It can be a hard, hard thing just being alive. It can be a dark, dark thing when you're trying to hide. Every story, every sky, you love the way you
It can be a dark, dark thing you're trying to hide. There's, a, there's something very special that happens when you get out in God's creation and just glorify Him in the midst of it. And we truly seen that uh, this week in the lives of the young people. And um, I'm going to start off with a, with a testimony. I won't make him come up this time, but um, unless you want to. All right. Do you want to do you want to talk this time? No. <laughs> um, we met Michael just a week ago. Uh, he came to Momentum for the first time a week ago, Friday. And uh, just God started speaking into his heart and uh, used another young person in Ethan to pray over him and to lead him in that prayer. Just an amazing picture of, of God's grace and discipleship. I, I get chills thinking about it. But we met him a week ago and he gave his heart to the Lord. And he immediately was like, I need to go. I want to go to camp. And... Uh, Made it happen, he got to go to camp with us, and uh, as you've seen in the video, he was one of those that got baptized on Tuesday night. And uh, that night, uh, I didn't show this in first service, but that night, um, we got all the families together to pray over one another. It was a beautiful picture, and uh, Michael was in our family, that you know, and uh, he was praying over me, and he looks at me and he goes, I'll, I'll pray over you, but... I feel like there might be words that I don't know what to say. I don't even know if I told you that. And uh, just God started building it in his heart. And then on the next night, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Like, amen, right? Like, this is how it's supposed to happen, right? You get saved, you get baptized, you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the sky's the limit for this young man and what he's going to experience. And like I told you, like Pastor Steve told you in that water, this is your family. And we're going to stand by you and hold you up and lift you up through all things, okay? Amen. <laughs> so we're going to just share some testimonies. And uh, I pray that you would, uh, you know, you would get something from these stories of these young people. They truly encountered God this week. And uh, it wasn't the fact that it wasn't Old Oak Ranch or it was Old Oak Ranch. It was their willingness to open up their hearts to receive what God had in store for them, right? And, uh, you know, put their cell phones down for like a week and just encounter God. That's, that's what makes the week special. So uh, with that, Aaron, come on up. Hi, you guys. Some of you probably know I'm going to be a senior next year, so this was going to be one of my last years at Old Oak Ranch. So 
when it was canceled, obviously, like, that was a really big, like, disappointment, because that was my time to, like, be with God, and it, I know it's bad, but, like, that was my special time with God, which should, which I now know should be all the time, but I built that up to be such a big thing that when, like, it got canceled, I was really let down, so coming into this camp, I was like, oh, Old Oak Ranch is gone forever, and, like, I can't do anything, but (laughs) I tried to come at it with an open mind. So recently in my life, I had been feeling like kind of blocked off, which I know we all have at some point, but for me, it it had been lasting a while. And so coming into the camp, I just prayed that the Lord would like reveal what's going on in my life. And so the message was love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So the first night was love the Lord with your whole heart. And so I was just like listening, taking my little notes, checking off the boxes. I'm like, okay, this sounds, this sounds right. And when it got to the second night, I was just ready to take my notes, check off the boxes, but I was like, wait, (laughs) hold on. It, It wasn't really, I heard the things he was saying, but I was like, wait, I don't, and it's hard to like admit, but I did not love the Lord with all my mind in that moment, which is such a hard thing to say, but like I didn't. And it, you have, I had to acknowledge it in order to like grow. So the pastor, Steve, he said at the end, like, just pray, ask the Lord to identify some of your strongholds. And so while I was praying, I kept hearing the word doubt. I'm like, hmm, doubt, really? Like, no, that's just me. I'm just saying that. Um, But I kept hearing it. I'm like, no, I'll just ask Steve. Like, he'll pray with me. We'll identify some other strongholds that I like better. And (laughs) I just, I was hoping that that wasn't it. So... We finished praying. I was just, I came and I talked to Steve. And I was just like crying because I could i could hardly get it out because, as most of you know, I'm kind of strong-willed. So I don't really like to admit when I am wrong. So Pastor Steve was praying and he just said, I'm getting this word. I don't know if it's right. Just tell me if this like resonates. And he said, I hear the word unbelief. Like, maybe. And so I just like, oh, it hit me that just, my mind was such a, it was such a strong thing in my life, but I wasn't using it. Like he said, I wasn't using it in the right way. And so I like to know things. So that unbelief in me was causing a block in my mind, a stronghold. And so that night we tore it down. We left it at the altar and I felt the joy of the Lord. Like I had never felt before. I like went back to my tent. I was laughing. I'm like, why am I laughing? Like I just felt so happy. I felt so at peace with, like, the Lord's love and his strength that I had not felt in the longest time. And that was something that even Old Oak Ranch didn't do. And so I'm like, maybe that's a sign. And so I, but right from that moment, like, you know it's a breakthrough when, like, as soon as you get it, the enemy's like, no, no, that, you're just doing that for attention. You didn't really have a breakthrough. And so I, like, the Lord, like, came upon me and I like started talking back I'm like oh you thought or like I didn't even know like what Steve was saying like you could just talk back to him I'm like I didn't I didn't know I could do that so I just started like talking back to him saying you have no power like sorry I had a breakthrough like live with it and so (laughs) thank you and so coming back one of the big things that the enemy put into my mind was like when you go back to your new life or like your old life you're just going to go back. You're going to be the old Aaron. You're going to go to work, do your thing. And so 
I tr- I like tried to say like no, not doing it, but it still like stayed in there a little bit. So I went back to work and I asked the Lord. I'm like, Lord, just use me. Like, just show me that this was a breakthrough. Just show me. And so I went back to work. I work at Java Drive, and the girls there that I work with are not Christian. And so we never really talk about it. They know I'm a Christian. They know I take work off on Sundays. They know that about me, but we've never really talked about it. And so on Friday, we came back home from camp on Thursday, and I went to work on Friday. And there's usually, like, a couple cars that come in. Like, we're never really just slow, like, dead for an hour or so. And so one of my uh, co-workers, she probably said something offensive. I don't really remember what sparked the conversation, but she was like, oh, sorry, I know that offends you. You're a Jesus girl. I'm like, yeah, I am. And so I'm like, thank you, Lord, for using this to, like, start a conversation. So we started talking. I just, like, I tried my hardest to show her what it looks like to actually be a Christian, not what the church looks like nowadays, like the judging, you can't do this, can't do that, but just to love people, like what we're called to do, how to love people. And she's like, that is the first time I had ever even heard anything about Christianity. I didn't know. She's never stepped foot in a church, and I was just so happy. And for like an hour and a half, not a car came through. We just kept talking. And the Lord just, I'm so happy that he used me in that way, like immediately after coming back to show me that it was a breakthrough and it was real. So thank you guys. Hi, Kai. I'm Siobhan. I'm 13. Uh, Throughout my life, I deal with a lot of anger. Like, I'm I'm an angry person, and I really don't like it. Like, I deal with anger. I deal with shame. And, well, I was saved when I was 10. But then for about three years, because I'm 13 right now, math, you know. And so I, the world just showed me, like, the worst of it. And so it kind of just, like, killed me spiritually and mentally. Um, it like didn't make me want to do anything. I would just, you know, close the door and just not deal with it. So when I was coming to camp, I didn't want to go to camp because, you know, me being resistant. Okay. So we went to camp and the first night we went exploring and I found this rock and me being like, you know, I want to climb things. I want to do stuff like adventurous. I climbed the rock and I just sat on it and I was like, this is my rock, you know? And so we went back that night, and then we threw the rock into the river. I was, I didn't really, it wasn't like a powerful thing for me because I felt like that little rock that I had didn't really have a lot on it. So on Tuesday night, because my grandpa, he was in bad health for a while, and we didn't know if he was going to make it um, that week. So on Tuesday night, I was told that he wasn't going to make it through the night. And so we had our prayer group thing and I was with my family and I was being angry, resistant, you know, me. And I went down to my rock and I sat there and I was just crying because I was I was dealing with a lot of stuff from my past too and all of the anger and shame and the worthless feeling I had. And so Elena and Kaylee came down and we talked for a little bit. And then Lydia came down, we talked for a little bit more, and then they had to go say bye to their mom because she was leaving. 
And so I sat there and I had prayed for the first time in three years. <laughs> and I, I prayed for a lot of things. I prayed that my grandpa would come to Christ because I know he's not like, well, he wasn't a believer. And so I prayed for my mom. I prayed for comfort. I prayed for my dad. And so I was just praying. I was just like, look, if you're here, if you're really trying to, like, come into my life and, like, comfort me, I need you to do this for me. Like, can you please do this? So I found out. And so my mom came down. We talked for, like, a couple minutes. And then I asked her to go get one of the pastors. And she was like, okay, well, Amy's going to come down. I was like, that's fine. And so Amy came down. I was like, do you need me to get down? Because it's a big rock. And she goes, she was like, yeah, I can't get up there. So I came down, and we talked about me, about things I went through as a kid, about a lot of things. And it, it felt, I felt better, but I didn't feel like, like the freedom and like, you know, I still felt that like worthless feeling that I wasn't good enough for God and how I wasn't like enough for like his love or anything. And so we talked and she said that the boulder I was sitting on, that that was my boulder, that was my past, that I, that I can't throw that into the lake because I can't pick it up. So the next day, she talked to Steve and, um, Pastor Steve, and she told me that I just needed to leave it behind when we left camp. So when we left camp, I just, I left it behind, or I tried to, and it's still, it's still like a working progress for me, but I came home, and I was like, well, I need to get stuff done. So I got apps on my phone because, you know, teenagers, their phone, just how it is. So I got a bunch of, like, apps on my phone. I had four Bible apps. I have one scripture app. And I went through that scripture app, and I wrote down scriptures. This is my scripture book, everybody. And so one of the scriptures that really, really spoke to me was Isaiah 41:13. For I, the Lord, your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, don't be afraid. I will help you. And so my right hand, I put it up, and I was just praying, and then I used two hands. And you could just feel, like, the, I, I could feel, like, the tingles and the, like, the fire from him just on my palm. And then I put up my other hand, and I said, okay, well, if God's on this hand, Jesus is on this hand. And then I felt, like, a hand on the back of my head. And it was, I was like, well, that's the Holy Spirit. So, he, they're all on our side to me, NK. And so... It's just sometimes there's, like, when I'm praying for somebody, there's, like, these little marks on my hand, like, what Jesus had to go through. And it just reminds me that I'm enough for him and that I'm enough for the Lord and the Holy Spirit. And so I try to use that to, like, help people because it's, it's hard. Like, I got to pray for a few people uh, last service, which I'm really happy about because, you know, I'm able to use what I have to help other people go through so they don't have to go through the same thing I did, then it's worth it. But we were talking about momentum and the force that overcomes resistance. In this case, I was that resistance. I wasn't, I didn't want to believe in God. I didn't want to be healed. I was just, I was sort of just there, okay? So I was, I was that resistance and God was the force that was trying to get me to overcome me and what I had to go through. And so it would just, it really helped me, but I'm still working through a lot of things. And for God to be, like, just walking me through life, you know, like, come at me. Because 
I got, I got God on this hand. I got Jesus right here. And then I got Holy Spirit behind me. So, yeah, come at me. So, um, this is basically my second time now, I guess, saying my testimony, but, um, I asked Pastor Amy if I couldn't only speak about what happened at church camp, but to speak over, like, my life testimony, too. Okay, so, the divorce between my parents happened in 2005, when I was two years old. I lived with my mom part-time and my dad part-time for two years. That's how it went, back and forth. Then in 2007, my mom got remarried. My stepdad was very dysfunctional. He was an alcoholic. Uh, my mom and stepdad would get into, um, into fights every night. Cops would show up every other day, and he would go to jail for two days and come back and do the same thing. It got really bad when I was like eight and nine years old. The fights would be worse. He pulled out a gun once and threatened to kill me in my sleep. My mom and stepdad broke up around the time I was nine years old. Eventually, sorry. <laughs> uh, eventually I found out that my mom was doing drugs, specifically meth. I have three older siblings who were all put uh, through her drug use for many years, but I didn't realize it was until, I didn't realize it until I was 10. When I was 11, CPS kept showing up at my school and taking me out of classes and sometimes even coming to the house and looking through it. But I was too scared to tell the truth, that my mom would leave me at home for a day or two all alone at 11 years old and when she was there, she had five different men living in the house. They would all be locked up in her room and they wouldn't come out. So I always left and had friends come over and stay the night because I hated being alone. Then my mom knew she would be going to jail and she dropped me off at my dad's house. A week turned into a month and then two and then so on. Then I got a call from the jail and she was on the other line. Me living with my dad part-time turned into four years. My mom was in and out of jail during this time period and I missed her so much even though it was an unhealthy environment. I just craved my mom. From the start when I moved in with my dad and stepmom, I knew that it wasn't going to be healthy. Things physically and emotionally got worse. I came from one unstable and dysfunctional house to another. During the time of living with my dad and stepmom, I didn't want to live anymore. My stepmom did my homework for me because she wanted me to have good grades, but she thought I wasn't capable of doing it on my own. At 12, my stepmom made me smoke pot with her. Her reasoning was that I said okay, so she continued to give me pot when I wanted it. 
And that became something that I did I did every day from the first day that I that she made me do it. I was smoking every day from 12 to 14 years old. Then it wasn't just smoking. She made me drink alcohol as well as everything just got worse. And from there, she would call me names if I didn't drink tequila with her. By the way, it's disgusting. I would never put that in my mouth. <laughs> she mentally and physically abused me. She was also using meth. She would hit me in front of my friends and yell at me. Through all of this, I had three different guys that liked me, and they all took advantage of me back to back, and I let them because I didn't care about myself. They, are, they all sexually abused me, and I didn't feel like it was wrong until they started doing it at church. My friend and I were also sexually abused by a 50-year-old man. We were with her mom, but she left to go gambling and left us alone with this man in the hotel room. After all of that, I was in such a dark place, I broke into a house with friends and smoked pot in the house. Just because of things that happened in my life, I became a person that I liked because I had no restrictions or rules, but also hated because I knew I was sinning. Before school started, I would ditch school and go to friends' houses and hotbox, then go to school high. I didn't care if I got caught. The way I was thinking was I didn't have any purpose of living, so whatever, if I got caught, it didn't matter. Nothing could be worse than how I was feeling. No mom, no guidance, no one seemed to care that I was hurting. Through those four years of living in hell, I became very suicidal. I was cutting my sm myself, smoking pot, drinking, and watching porn. The complete numbness started the first year that I lived with my dad and stepmom. I would go to youth group and get high and not care about anything. Then the guys would do things to me in the church van. And while all of this was happening, I was being bullied all of junior high to my freshman year of high school. And then I felt like I was at my breaking point and I left school, went on independent study because I could not even be a functional person. My freshman year was the last time that I cut and admitted myself in the hospital for suicide watch. I was there all night with a crisis counselor in the room talking to me. Then I found Kevin and Kat. They are a family that I've always been really close to and every Sunday, thank God my parents still let me, took me to church. I remember I would have a letter ready for Kat that was pages long explaining what I was going through. I would give it to her. She knew what I was going through and she invited me to their house for a visit that I called break. Every time that I went to their house, I was sick throwing up from being so numb and stuck in the darkness. I would sit with my dad and stepmom uh, every Sunday at church. I couldn't even smile, I had a blank expression. What happened was I was at the end of me. I was done with living with life and didn't think there was any more hope. My aunt and my grandma were down visiting from Arizona. Kat had let my aunt know how bad things had gotten at my dad's. She came over to say bye and witnessed how I was being treated by my stepmom. 
and watched my dad allow it because he never did like arguing or conflict. So he just picked her side and agreed with everything that she did to me. When my aunt went in the living room, they were all fighting. And all I remember is her saying that if you guys don't let her leave, then I'm going to put her in foster care. So then the very next day I moved out, Kat and Kevin asked me to come to their home instead of foster care. It was the hardest thing for me to accept, accept, but I knew it was the best because none of my biological parents knew how to parent. Kevin and Kat got legal guardianship of me and provided me with a stable and loving environment. I realized I finally had people to support me and that loved me in a way that was healthy and without judgment. God loved me so much that he gave me a stable environment that I craved, but it wasn't an easy transition. I still dealt with the strongholds from my life before. At that time, I started meeting with Pastor Linda. I started going to Christian counseling weekly and attending church regularly, and I learned how to talk about my feelings. Some things that I've overcame since I moved out of my dad's house I quit smoking pot, I quit drinking. I did have a couple of slip ups, but never did it again after that. I admitted my wrongs immediately after and was forgiven and loved through it. I overcame being suicidal anymore and I'm still alive. I stopped lying. I believe that I'm still alive to this day because God saved me when I needed saving. Uh, I'm gonna read Luke. 15, 4 through 7. Um, it says, What man of you, have having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness, and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he fa- has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. I say to you that, likewise, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need to no repentance. And I felt like this verse spoke to me because I, I feel like I was the sheep that was lost. Then Jesus found me and saved me. Um... I was taught that through praying, going to counseling, and having a loving family that talked to me every night and cried with me and helped me through every second of life, that I had a new life. I had a new mom that would love and care for me. Some nights she would just know that I wasn't okay, and she would sleep with me to comfort me. I have forgiven my parents for what transpired. I am rebuilding a relationship with my dad and stepmom. Through this situation, they have made efforts to change for the better, and I know God is working in them. I pray for my mom every day while hoping she is healed and that we can have a healthy relationship one day. This year, church camp showed me that although I have come through a lot, there is more. At church camp, On the first night, Pastor Daniel told us to go find a rock that represents me. So as soon as he had said that I I thought of a heart-shaped rock, 
and I found one. Because as I really thought about it, I reminded myself that God loves me through all of my hurts and struggles and all of my strongholds. But then I thought of how I've been really disconnected from God at times. But also I thought of God telling me to love myself. At the end of the night, Pastor Daniel told us to think about the strongholds that we have in our life. In that moment, I couldn't really think of any, but I knew I had some that were really bringing me to a dark place. So I threw the rock knowing that I had strongholds and asked God to show me them. Then Tuesday night, I got baptized for the third time and it just felt different because I have a different mindset on life now. I went through the rest of church camp with a different outlook for the first time. I went to youth group on Friday and prayed about what God wanted me to say for my testimony. He wanted me to not only share about camp, but he wanted me to share my life testimony. After youth, I went home and asked Kat to help me identify my strongholds, and she was right on about them. The two strongholds that I struggled with were lying and being ashamed of what I've done in my past. Although I still struggle with lying not so much anymore, but mostly shame, I know that God has brought me this far and he's not done healing me yet. He has shown me that there is no such thing as too much healing. He will always bring me through until I have no strongholds left. began in 2019, I started to feel broken and things were going on that caused a lot of pain. Instead of running to God, I let Satan get in my head. I ended up getting baptized later on in 2019. I expected that to be a fresh start, but I just continued on with the pain. I carried my brokenness and hurt and shame with me this year. I felt very weak and I started to have many suicide thoughts and I thought that was the way to go and make all the pain go away. That carried on for so long, and I definitely was losing my relationship with God. We had a night where we picked out a rock that defined us, and we thought of things that we wanted to let go of, and we threw it in the water. So I let go of my brokenness, shame, and hurt. The night Steve preached about loving the Lord with all our mind, me and Becca prayed about the suicide thoughts to cast them all away. The evening I got baptized, as I was walking down to the lake, I already felt the Holy Spirit. As soon as it was my turn, I stepped in, and as I went underwater, I opened my eyes, and it was so powerful, I could see the power of Jesus overcoming me. I knew then that was going to be the new chapter of my life. I felt the love and strength from, from everyone letting me know it's not my time and that I'm loved. When the enemy tries to bring me down, I get back up and I run to God, and I overpower the devil because that's how strong I am. I'm here for a reason, and God has a plan for my life and a great future. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> 
Um, so for like the past eight years, we've gone to Old Oak Ranch during the summer. So I was a little hesitant going into this camp, but I just prayed that God would like help clear my mind and let me have an open mind about going into this. And so when we got there the first night, Steve was, or not Daniel was talking about loving the Lord your God with all your heart. And then the next night, Steve, there he is, was talking about loving the Lord your God with all your mind. And that one really resonated with me because for like the past year, I've been trying to pray to God, but like kind of feeling like I was hitting a wall. And so I was just praying. I was like, Lord, please reveal to me what my stronghold is so I can get past it. And what he said to me was jealousy. So I was then, so then I was kind of like thinking about that. And then I talked to Steve with it about it. And so what I realized is that like when other people have such strong gifts for the Lord, I was jealous of them. I was like, why don't I have like as strong as, as strong of gifts? And so that was just like the enemy placing negative thoughts in my mind towards those people because their gifts were strong and they showed them and were not like ashamed. And so what I realized is that that's just like a selfish thing. Like I needed to be able to encourage people instead of breaking them down. And so what I realized, or what, and so it was, it's like a selfish thing. And so even if I bring one person to God and other people bring a hundred people to God, that's still 101 people that get to go to the kingdom of God. And after I shared that with first service, um, Ethan came and told me that one person that I bring is going to bring like a hundred more people or thousands more people. So even that one person that I bring, it's still a huge contribution to the kingdom of God. And so it's just the way that we use our gifts anyway is going to be so impactful to the kingdom of God. And so that was a really good realization for me <laughs> to not be like jealous of other people's gifts, but to encourage them. And since like I've had, I have my twin sister. Hi. <laughs> and so like growing up, everything was like a competition to me. So that was kind of like deep rooted in me that stuff is a competition. But with God, we're all on the same side here and we're all fighting to bring people to God. And so that realization was really good for me so that I'm able to encourage others and be strong and confident in my gifts and be able to help others with theirs. So, yeah. But then it's just like, I just felt this need to get it out. Like, I need to do this. So it's like, okay, let's go. So let me give you a little cliff notes of my life. I've grown up in church. Like, everything in my life was centered around church. But it's like, at some point, it just started to be like going through the motions. Like, you go to church on Sunday. You go to youth group on Sunday. Read your Bible when they tell you to. And it just, like, it just all felt manufactured to me. Like, I was just another cog in the system. And 
I just kind of fell away from God, and it was especially bad in freshman year. Like, I was really a product of the society around me. Like, it seemed like it was the cool thing to be upset and angry at the world. And I just, and it's like I had friends who also felt that way. And so it was just not a great situation. And I've gone to Christian camps for a lot of my life, and each time it would feel like a fire was setting me when I came to camp, but then as soon as I came down, it just died. Like, I was just like, why is this happening to me while other people, they're out here enjoying life, being happy and outgoing, and I'm just stuck. And so I, I got to a point in my life where I was like, this is just not the way I need to go. Like, I'm just, I'm just stuck. So I decided this year, this camp, it's just not, I don't want this to be another year of disappointment. Like, I want actual movement in my life. And so the first night when we were kicking the rocks, I found this one rock and it was shaped like a heart. And I was like, I really resonate with this heart. Like, but I can't throw this away because it would, I feel like it serves as a reminder that God still loves me even if it doesn't seem like he does. And so I chose another rock and I just really prayed over the rock. Like I just poured out into it. It's like, this is going to be this old life of me and I'm throwing this away. Like I need this as far away from me as possible. And so after throwing out the rock, it was just so freeing. Like, I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. And the next night when Pastor Steve was talking about strongholds, like, I kind of already knew my strongholds. And so I was like, okay, I just, I, if I can just beat past this, I'll be good. But then it's like, over the next few days, I started finding more strongholds in my life. And I was like, great. Now I have more stuff to get rid of. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's just been like, I'm starting to realize that I need to put my relationship with God first. Like, I can't put everything else first and then God. Like, homework, homeworks, college things, uh, my phone, my friends, just like, Everything I've been putting that before God, and I just realized, like, I need that to stop. Like, I need to put him first in everything I do, but I also need to take time for myself because I'm one of those people who I don't like to get in anyone's way, and I kind of just keep to myself, and I'm kind of a bit passive, but I'm just realizing that I need to take opportunities for myself, and I need to practice self-care because how can I have a relationship with God and be on fire for him if I can't even love myself? And so this past, these past few days, I've just felt something different. Like I finally felt a connection, and I'm just enjoying it. Like I don't want this feeling to end. And so I've decided that I'm just not. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> I'm going to build this momentum. I'm going to be like, as Pastor Daniel said, you know, where there's like the cartoon, and then you have the snowball at the top of the hill, and it just slowly starts.
rolling down until it crashes over everything. And so that's how I want to be with my faith in my life. All right, any other youth want to share? All right, someone come up. Hi, guys. My name is Summer. Um, I was the girls' leader, uh, cabin, no, cabin, camp, tent leader, tent leader. Let's go with tent leader. Um, so it was a, it was a very, it was a blessing and an honor to be able to go up there and to have them bless us and just help build up even the adults faith. Cause they're just, they're an amazing group. They are an amazing group. I've done youth ministry under pastor Daniels and Amy for um, a while and just an amazing group of kids as a whole and the unity and just the, the hunger that they have for God is amazing. Um, when I first uh, was approached by Pastor Amy about going up as a, a tent leader. <laughs> um, it was kind of, I was kind of drawn back a little bit because there was uh, two reasons. One is my children were going and I really wanted God to touch them and I didn't want to like, you know, have the mom there interfering with that. And the other thing was my dad um, had started going downhill in his health and we, we, we've been having some struggles with his health for a long time, but it was getting closer and closer. And um, I just didn't want to leave him at the time. But, I mean, I had prayed about it, and then I had talked to my kids, and they were like, we don't care if you come. It's fine, whatever. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go, you know. And, and all the nurses and doctors had assured me, oh, it'll be fine. He's fine, you know. Don't worry about it. Just go. You need some time because I'd been there every day after work forever. Um, so we went up to camp, and, you know, it was so fun. We are just getting blessed and just watching God touch and reach the youth's lives. And then on uh, Tuesday – I had woken up and I was, um, I had some lingering health issues from a previous stroke that I've had and sometimes they'll pop up and it's usually when I um, pu push myself too much and I hadn't really pushed myself so I was confused about like why am I feeling this way, you know, I've been doing everything that I'm supposed to do and I just had some confusion about it and I was just was feeling really off so I had to, um, and I was kind of out of it. Um, well, and then later on the day, Pastor Steve had prayed with me, and um, so I was like, okay, God, I'm just going to focus through this, take it easy, and just keep focusing on you, because I figure sometimes, like, the enemy will use our physical health to attack us, and kind of figured out that's kind of what it was going, and then um, we ended up going up to the store, and where I got reception, so I called my husband, and I was just checking in with him, because um, I missed him, and then I asked him how my dad was, and he kind of hesitated, and he's just like, you know, you should just focus on being there, and I'm the type of person, like, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and he's so, he's such, he's so good. He tries to like protect me and cushion me, you know, and, and I'm like, no, tell me now. <laughs> I don't, I don't like being blind, blindsided. So he said, well, they're calling the family and telling them to come say their goodbyes. They don't believe he's going to make it through the night. And at the time, my father, like, I didn't know where he was with his walk. We had each, there's a couple different us, of us in um, like the family, like me and my husband. And then like my uncle Danny lived out of state. We tried approaching him about God, but he's just, nope. Even, you know. Like, he just wasn't into it. So I was like, God, I got to go down there. Like, I, I can't. If he's not going to make it, now's the chance. Now's the time. But I was so confused. Um, and, I, and then I was, I was talking to Daniel and Amy, and they were just like, oh, if you need to go, you got to go. You know, and I was I, but there was just such confusion. I couldn't think clearly. I couldn't hear from God clearly. Like, you know, first reaction, even like logically, I need to go talk to him about God because he's not going to make it. It's his last, you know, that's like the, the Christian 
like what we're called to do. But I, I just, so I went off to by myself and, and I prayed and I cried out to God and I was just, you know, God, I, I don't feel released to leave. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be here, but I feel like that can't be right because I need to be with my father. Like, I can't be in two places at once. What am I supposed to do? You know, this is my dad. This is, what do I do? This could be the last time I get to talk to him. So I just, I was just crying out and, and I felt, it wasn't like a, such a like clear thing, but I just felt like, just stay, just stay. And I was like, okay, well then I'm going to trust you that you're going to take care of him because like, this is hard. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a very like controlling, I like to be in everything. I need to know what's going on kind of person. And, and I remembered my uh, scripture that my sister Michelle had um, given, had told me about, like she had prayed over our family for years that, um, our family will be saved before they leave this earth. It was a promise given to her, that her and her household kind of thing. And she, God had given it to her for each family. And she had prayed it over all of us for the years. And so I was thinking about that. And I was like, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm trusting you, God. I'm surrendering this to you. And it wasn't easy. It really wasn't easy. And then later on that night during worship, um, I was kind of crying and, and I had surrendered it. And I was, I was trying to continue to surrender it because it was, it was on my mind. You know, like what, what I, you know, just kind of go back and forth a little bit. And there was at one point where they were singing, there was no place I'd rather be. And I, I tried to sing it and then I just, I just broke because I was still feeling torn. And then after that, um, as I cried it out, I surrendered it again. And then as I was singing the words, it was like a release. And it, it made me think about how there's so much, I mean, I'm not a pastor, but there's a, there's a couple times in the Bible that God talks about like the power of testimony, the word, you know, speak life. And it's a very powerful thing our mouth is. So I, it was like, as you speak something out, as you're like, even with the praising God and stuff, there is power in that. So as I was singing that lyrics, and I'm probably sure it was like broken and I was a mess, <laughs> but it was like a releasing and a lifting of that. Um, and then later on that night, like there was, there was breakthrough, like with my daughter and then just with my family and stuff like that. So I called went, the next morning. Um, I felt peace and I knew where I was supposed to be. The next morning we called, my dad had made it through the night. Um, and then I just kind of prayed and I said, okay, God, you're not releasing me. I'm still trusting you. It was a little bit easier after that. You know, it gets easier as you practice trusting. <laughs> um, so Thursday, I, we came home and I was like, all right, we're going to go home. I'm going to shower cause I have grime all over me, um, exhausted, maybe take a nap and then I'll go see my dad. And then when I, as I got home, I dropped my kids off and I felt like I needed to go now. So I went to the hospital and he was, he was at a point where he could, um, shockingly, it shocked everybody how fast it happened, but he could no longer um, speak. And he, he could, he was still, um, aware of what was going on and he was still trying to like, um, like speak, you know, he was still there. He was still trying and he would make eye contacts and stuff. So I was like, all right, daddy, this is what's going on. Okay. There's no, there's no, you know, and I kind of spoke to him and I loved on him and I cried and I read scriptures and I was playing, um, amazing grace. My chains are gone, but I, I was praying with him like, and at one point he was kind of getting like agitated and I was like, well, and I told him cause I'm a little bit ornery. <laughs> I was like, well, either you're agreeing with me or you want me to shut up. And in the case, I'm not going to shut up. So, <laughs> so just go with it, daddy, you know? And then, um, there was a, there was a releasing there. And then at one point I saw like a tear come out of his eyes. So, um, after that, he never woke up and I was with him when he passed away that night. So God, through this, I have learned, and even in walking with God, I have learned that there is no end to his grace and his faithfulness. Like he is, he is so faithful. And there's moments in our lives where we can't be in two places at once and we're going to feel torn. 
that if we just stay, seek him out and stay in his will, that he's got, he's taking care of everything else. It's amazing to hear these stories and, and to think, like, this is only chapter one. <laughs> like, th that's the, the most amazing part of this. And um, for, for me, uh, I didn't share this in first service, but um, for me, it was a very impactful week. Uh, Pastor and Amy and I, when we were, um, we came back to new life broken. We were hurting. And... Uh, Pastor Steve's like, just come home and heal. Like, you know, it was like this really big revelation of just like, what do you do when you're injured? You go home, right? So we came home, and uh, there was even times when, you know, Amy and I were like, let's just give up our pastoral license, you know? Like, we're going to minister to people way before we got the license. We'll do it way after, but maybe we're just done with ministry. And right around the same time, Pastor Steve's like, well, do you feel like the mantle has been passed off you? No, but <laughs> my brokenness says it is, you know. Um, and this week, it really just, it proved that God's not done with me yet, you know. God's not done with the ministry yet. And what we've seen in the past and what we've seen in our lives is just a glimpse of the glory that he has. And to see the, in this group of young people, like, I mean, I too have been through a lot of camps, and I mean, I've broken fistfights up over Pop-Tarts, and like, <laughs> this group was so amazing, and I'm just like counting down the days to be able to do it again, because the willingness and the openness of this generation is so phenomenal. In the first service, um, we were prayed over, and you said something very profound, Amber, you said, that you're thankful that the youth are going through what they're going through in our world today, today, through the pandemic, through everything, because it's teaching them. It's a training ground. It's a training ground to be the warriors that God's called them to be. They're not taking it lightly, but they're embracing that mantle. When we first started this whole thing, we told the youth that in order to do this, you've got to be all in. You got to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and all your strength. Because that's the type of world, this, that's what our world needs. It needs people that love the Lord with their mind, their passions, their affections. With their mind that's being constantly being renewed into holiness. And with their soul that bears good fruit and, um, you know, with all their strength, continually running after God even when it gets hard. I could tell you this, that this group gets it. They are so passionately in love with Jesus. And they're ready to, to go to battle for the kingdom of God. And as we close today, I want to give them the opportunity to pray over you. Because they have just recently experienced and encountered the presence of a living God. I can tell you, there was a moment when we were doing the baptisms, when Elena was baptized. Like, she was saying, like, she woke up and she could feel, we all felt it. Like, there was this moment of breakthrough in, in her life that, like, you could just could not help but cry. Because the presence of God was so strong. I mean, there was people that were barbecuing 
everybody in that entire area stopped what they were doing and they recognized that something precious and holy was happening. And uh, it was just a witness to them and it's a witness to you, right? Um, so I'm going to have the youth come up here. Uh, and it, it's amazing to even see youth willing to come up and lay their hands on people and pray. And, and the leaders too, if you guys want to come up as well. There's something that I truly believe that the reason why Pastor Steve asked us to do this today is because there is, there's parts of these stories that resonated in your heart. That there's somebody here today that needed to hear the breakthrough that one of these young people had in their lives. So that way it would speak into your life and you could have the same breakthrough. Don't leave this place. Don't walk out that door without receiving that breakthrough. I'd invite you, this says, I'm going to just pray over us and then I release you to just come up here and uh, just let these young people lay their hands on you and let them impart to you the, just the encounter that they had with God this week. So Lord, you know our hearts, you know our innermost being, you know every heart that's in this place, you know every mind. Lord, you know the, the things that we struggle with. You know the things that we're battling with. And Lord, I just pray like right now in this moment, you would speak to us. That you would help us to get past any distraction that might try to come in to pull us out of this building mentally. That you would help us to, to stand and, and to walk and take that step of faith, knowing that your faithfulness is there, that your grace is there. Lord, I just pray that you would just encounter our hearts in this moment. And we just thank you for it. Church, just, just step out, but take the step of faith and just let God minister you in this moment.
just want to give a reminder that there's ministry taking place up here. So if, if um, you want to be dismissed, you're welcome to be dismissed. Uh, we just pray over you as you go. Um, but if you would exit out one of the side doors, uh, if you're talking, if you could please move that outside and let the Lord continue to do what he started and he's begun here. The Lord has orchestrated some things here this morning, and I believe he's not quite co completely finished with what's going on. So um, if you're not being prayed over, please just stretch out your hand and begin to pray because God is doing some incredible things. We got to hear some amazing testimonies of what's taken place in some young people's lives. And what he started and he's begun in them, he wants to carry on to us as the remainder of the church.
Oh, 